0: Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to subscribe to our Journey Callaway YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you right there. Well, hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us again today. And happy Fourth of July to all of you. Hope you're having a great weekend And you get a chance to celebrate and remember the extraordinary freedom we get to enjoy here in America. And you couldn't have picked a better day to tune in. I can't think of a better guy to have along with me than my buddy Eddie Cook. Because Eddie is one of the American heroes that's made our freedom possible. And Eddie, we'll get to that in just a minute. But before we jump into all of that, we were just having a conversation off camera. This is pretty wild. You grew up in Murray. Yes. And I noticed you were staring at this picture behind you. And you gave me an education because I didn't know. This is a picture of Murray back in the early 60s. Yes. Um, The varsity there was a theater in Murray, right? And then in that picture just to the left, tell me what that
1: building is. That building is uh, Cook's Jewelry Store. That's my dad's first business when we moved down here from Michigan.
0: So you spent a lot of time there as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That is wild. I, I didn't even realize that picture was from Murray. Um, And you said that was around, it burned down in...
1: It burned down uh, about two or three days before Christmas of 62. Of 1962. Wow. Bitter cold, it was sub-zero weather. They had fire departments in Paris, Mayfield, Benton. Everybody here. Yeah, almost the whole square almost went up. Wow,
0: small world. Yeah. That's, That's unreal. All right, let's talk a little bit. I want to come back to your military service in a minute, but... Let's talk a little bit about your childhood growing up, and particularly, what kind of experience, if any, did you have with church, and what was your perception or perspective of
1: God and church as a kid growing up? Uh, I grew up as a Baptist. I went to uh, Northside Baptist, Third Almo okay, from uh, sure. grade school up to probably as a teenager. Okay. Uh, my sister and, and myself, we both went. Uh, my parents didn't take us. We had other people take us. That, that took you to church. uh uh-huh. And then also we went to church with our grandparents, or we spent the night with a cousin or a friend. We'd always go to church with them. So I went to several different churches.
0: Yeah. Was, was a relationship with God or your faith, as you started getting older, was that a central part, or is that something that? you started drifting from and didn't really think much
1: about? Uh, I didn't really pay much attention to it my younger years as growing up. And, uh, you know, mostly after a couple of things happened to me. Yeah. Okay. We'll changed get, my tune. Yeah, yeah. changed your perspective a little, <laughs> yeah. didn't it? We'll,
0: we'll get to that in a second. But part of your story that's amazing to me, and I want you to share it, is when you're 17 years old, Uh, You made a decision. You're part of a generation that, you know, when I look back on, I just have so much respect for you guys and what you did. Talk a little bit about the decision you made when you were 17 and how that shaped your life for, well, up to this day, really.
1: Well, when I was 17, uh, I was a senior in high school, and uh, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I always knew I was going to do it. So I just up and joined the Marine Corps. During the Vietnam War. During the during the Vietnam War. February the second, uh, sixty nine, I joined the Marines and I was standing on the yellow footprints in San Diego on February the tenth, about seven days later.
0: You were there, you were in training
1: and standing on them yellow footprints. That's and all Marines started out on them footprints. And
0: your whole world was different then.
1: Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Night and
0: day. Night and day. Yeah. So you you ended up serving in Vietnam. Yes. And that was, a, that was a life-defining experience for you in a lot of ways, as it was for pretty much everybody who served there. Tell us a little bit about what that was like and, and how that impacted you.
1: Well, I was the youngest person there in 69 because I graduated from boot camp on my birthday. On your 18th, 18th birthday. birthday. And you had to be 18 to get your orders, go to Vietnam. So I got my orders that day with everybody else, wow. we'd go into Vietnam. And within about 30 days later, I'm in the bush, I'm in combat. And I'd be in the bush for about four months in combat. I was wounded, I got hit by a mortar, shattered my arm. And then at at the end, I caught malaria. I was medevaced out of the bush with malaria. Wow. And in the process, I had a friend who took a bullet for me, who died in my place one day. And uh, that's when the malaria hit me. And he took my place and he sniper shot him. That,
0: we, you and I have talked about this story and I know how um, still to this day, it's emotional for you. And it's, it's been really impactful. <coughs> you, you, to give them just a little bit of detail, you guys rotated who took point yes. every day, right? on on working your way through the bush
1: hmm and it was supposed to be your day but you weren't feeling well is that uh, right what really happened was uh, I was walking point one day and I was feeling really bad and uh, at three or four o'clock in the afternoon man I just went down like I was shot hmm. I and that my, was a malaria that's malaria that's my first malaria I didn't know I even had it sure and uh, the corpsman worked on me all night long and the next morning the gunny sergeant wrote, walked up to me he says just because you fell out you still got another hour hour and a half walking point okay and my buddy says well cook is sick i'll take point because i'm next hmm. And he said that's all right with me he says you know you blow up the bunkers you know with c4 explosives and so i turned and took maybe two steps and i heard a single shot fired and i i knew what happened I turned around and he was laid on the ground. I mean, I shot him through the heart. He was dead when he hit the ground. Lost your friend right there. Yep. And he took that. If I'd walked point that day, I wouldn't be here now. If I hadn't had that malaria attack the day before, that sniper was out there. He had me in sure. his sights. Sure. And he just didn't shoot that day because I went down. Wow.
0: That's unreal. So, the other thing before we move on with your story. Um, You said something the other day that I, we've talked a lot about your story, but you said something the other day that was, I don't think I'd heard you share before, and I want to talk about it just a little bit. You were talking about how um, there there were more men in the military who wanted to be in Vietnam than there were places to be in Vietnam, and even though you got wounded, you kept trying to go back and get in there again and again. Explain what that was like, and then tell us why those men, including you, had that mentality.
1: Well, the guys wanted to go back. It was all Marines. Uh, The Marine Corps wasn't hardly drafting anybody in 69. It was all volunteer, pretty Uh, much. Oh, yeah. Marine Corps is all volunteer. And when you serve with a group, and you serve with an elite group, and, man, you're in a hole a fighting hole with three other guys, or whatever. You get attached to them; they're your brothers. Mm-hmm. And when you leave, you feel like you left them down. You know, I mean, I become a radio operator because they shot the radio operator, and um, we all just took care of ourselves. And once you go up, come out of combat, it's hard adjusting to civilian, civilian life or, life. or back to the military life because everything's done changed on you. And yeah. none of us got no counseling. I never had no counseling at all about the NOM. Yeah. So I was talking to other veterans and maybe drinking a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, right. <laughs> Uncle Bud, trying you to, know. Trying to figure out how yeah. to cope with everything. Yeah, and that's how we done it. You know, uh, we, when I was in, after the Nam, the veterans took care of each other, you know. Mm-hmm. But we was just a little bit different from the guys getting ready to go over. That, that's what struck me about that
0: story is How bonded and committed you guys were to each other. How much you, what it is, how much you loved each other that you were, if you weren't with your unit, didn't matter what you'd gone through, you wanted to be back with them because you didn't want to let those guys down. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's just like your wife or your kids, you know. You got that bond and, uh, you you know, as you get this experience in the bush, you become a trained fighter, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever you got to do. If you're not in that bush where they pull you out and they stick somebody green in there, it's just like when I first started out. You don't know. You're just walking around. You're just an accident waiting to happen. The risk goes yeah. way up. Shit. Yeah. So you get past them first 30 days and you've been shot at a few times. You mm-hmm. start getting used to it, <laughs> you know. You start wanting a little payback. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that
0: mm-hmm. from that point to now, um, it's been a continual process of you learning how to how to process through your experiences. You still do some writing from time to time just to process
1: through the the emotion and yeah. the experiences you had, right? Writing's the best thing i found to deal with the PTSD. I yeah. sit down and write. It takes so long to write those little stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really makes me feel good. And I hear from other veterans, and they tell me to keep up the writing. And I've been told I need to write a book. But, but putting
0: it, it on paper helps. Oh, big time. Yeah. Well, we'll move on with your story, but I, the thing I want to say is, and I think you know this, those of us who haven't served and been in the shoes of you and the other um, the other individuals who are part of our military, we don't understand the price you guys pay and what you go through to protect and preserve our freedom. We, There's no way we can fully understand, but, boy, we're appreciative of it. And, you know, July 4th is a chance to celebrate um, but I think people like you get to celebrate at a deeper level than people like me because you you know it. You lived it. Um, you get the the price that was paid for that freedom. And I just wanna say on behalf of everybody at our church, thank you for what for your service and for all that you've done. Um you certainly have made the Marines proud and as I said at the beginning, I I think you're one of America's
1: heroes and uh, I appreciate it. Gonna make me cry. Well you <laughs> gonna get me all choked up here. But uh you know, I don't look at it being a hero. Uh, I just I went and done my job. I done what I wanted to be. I wanted to be in my room. I wanted that name. Yep. I wanted that name tag, and I yep. got it. Yep. And I didn't mind doing what I had to do to, to earn that title. Well, you earned that title, and that's the thing about you heroes.
0: You don't look at yourselves that way, but you earn that title of hero as well, so thanks mm-hmm. a lot. So you get out of the military, and um, at, from that point forward. What role, if any, did your faith, did a relationship with God play in your life? I mean, you had a lot of ups and downs. you faced a lot of challenges throughout your life. Uh, How did you, what was your perspective on God through all of that?
1: After I come out of service, uh, I sort of had the uh, silver bullet mentality, you know. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have it because you survived combat, you think it's going to take a silver bullet to bring he you down. You survive
0: anything, and right?
1: I, and I believed in God. I just didn't think I needed him. I could do it all on myself. Yes. You know? I could do it. I've been trained how to focus and how to handle bad situations. But all that changed in uh, July 17th of 1989. What happened? Uh, we we had a car wreck. car flipped on us going down the road. Uh, ended up with a broken back. I just got out of the VA hospital and had my arm rebuilt for the second time. Oh man. And uh, I was never supposed to walk again. The doctor was flat out. I put an 18 inch rod in my back and told me I was going to be in a wheelchair and I was going to be hooked up to a bag and I was going to be in pain all my life. And uh, about, I guess after I came out of ICU I was in a room by myself and all this starting to focus in on me. You know, starting mm-hmm. to head home, you know. and I, I just couldn't understand, you know, I, you know, why are you doing this to me? You know, I went through hell and bit. Now, why are you doing this to me now? You know? Yeah, you're know.
0: just mad at God. Oh, I was
1: very mad. Yeah. Just, why? Just tell me why. Just take me back and kill me. Just be done with it. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting this. And uh, there wasn't nobody in the room with me at all. And the and, uh, TV goes off. And the room gets real quiet. And this voice starts talking to me. It wasn't God, it was somebody next in command, you know, it <laughs> wasn't no angel. And he wasn't very happy with me and told me I was a major disappointment and I never lived up to my potential. And it's just flat out, he says, so if you think about it, you ever want to walk again, you're going to do three things. You're going to go back to school, get your degree, you're going to get rid of all your deadbeat buddies, and you're going to clean up your life and get rid of some of your bad habits. And, uh, so that's what I done. It took me a year in therapy to learn how to walk. I went back to Murray state and five years later, I walked across that stage and wow, got my four year degree.
0: So, yeah, you graduate from Murray state. Well, let me fast forward a little bit, uh, because all of the experience, all the way back, starting in Vietnam, the, having to deal with all that didn't go away. I mean, you've become a very successful businessman. You've got a Corvette shop people who love Corvettes, they, they know all about you. You've done a lot of things in your life. But when I first met you, I don't know, five, six years ago, um, you were still struggling with PTSD. You were at a pretty low point, as a matter of fact. Tell us a little
1: bit about that. I was probably the worst I ever had it. And, I, you know, I, I went to the VA and they said, your generation, it's been 50 years since the war. And, you know, just so to expect that was triggering a lot of that emotion yeah and uh didn't really help me out none uh and i came back home and still struggled with it bad just uh, zone in zone out was not happy felt like i had a thousand pounds on my shoulder but uh,
0: you're trying to hand again you you said to me then i don't think i'm putting words in your mouth You've got an independent streak. You've always had, right? And you feel yes. like I can handle pretty much yes. anything. Bit, bit stubborn. Is that fair to say? Yeah, more than a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you're trying to handle all of this on your own, but it's not going very well, is it? No. Yeah. So, so at that point, um, this is where I met you because you walked into Journey one day. Tell me what caused you to come to church. You hadn't been in church in a, about ten years. Okay. Eight, eight to ten. Eight years. to ten years. So tell me what caused you to walk in that day. Why did you decide to come?
1: <clears throat> well, one of the main things that got me scared about the PTSD, one day I was just sitting there having a cup of coffee and it dawned on me. I understand why veterans take their lives after combat. Yeah, it Scared the crap out of me, man. Mm-hmm. I, said, you know, I can't be thinking like that at all. Yeah. And I knew I had to do something. It's, I'd go check myself in the VA in Nashville and, They'll give me some happy pills and send a quack around to talk to me. Or I could do something else. And I decided I needed to go to church. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea where I was going to go. I got a church a block away on the left. And I got a block, church a block away on the right. I didn't know where I was going to go. And it just so happened, I was on Facebook. And I seen Carla Stokes. I went to high school with her. She put up article on there about Journey Church that is unique. You need to come to it. Hmm. And that's what got me to come here. Man, I pulled up, almost didn't go in because I didn't know a soul.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, you know, and usually I get in situations like that. I usually always do it because it's just the way I am. (laughs) I made myself do it.
0: You attack fear, don't you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the only way you're going to deal with it. Yeah. Head on. I, I walked in and I like I said, that place just blowed me away that first time. I mean, the band, you, everybody talking to me, you know. I didn't know a soul that first time. I thought, well, I mean, if I knew some people, it would really help things out. Didn't you didn't it?
0: tell Carla you were coming. You just no, showed up. I just
1: showed yeah. up. And uh, Then second Sunday, I started meeting people that I went to school with and I knew. And uh, and that second Sunday, I knew I'd found out where I needed to be. Hmm. And I've been coming ever since.
0: You've been coming ever since. And it didn't take long in that process for you you to realize, and I want you to share with people how you figured this out, for you to realize you'd always believed in God, but he'd never really been personal. You'd never really had a relationship with him. Tell us about that and, and how that came about.
1: Well... After NOM, I just always had that silver bullet mentality. It's just going to take a silver bullet and bring me down. And a lot of us has that, sure. combat veterans. But uh, that all changed on July 17th of 89. We had that car wreck and it broke my back. Mm-hmm. And like I say, the Lord spoke to me in that hospital that that night or yeah. that day. Yeah. And, then- and I knew after that, I knew I was going to walk. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it might be a little more easier <laughs> than it is yeah. what it was, yeah. and I and I knew I could get through school. You know, I went first time I flunked out, but I was there for the wrong reasons. You <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I went back to school and got that degree and learned how to walk again and-, and became pretty independent until you get
0: to the point where you're trying to deal with this PTSD. You get back in church and um, I know you and Ben Stinnett had some conversations about what it means to follow Jesus, what it, what it looks like to have a relationship with God that's that personal, where he's always there. And that seemed to click with you. Um, how has that, how is viewing your relationship with God and experiencing that on a more personal level, how has that changed you and the way you deal with your PTSD, the way you approach your life? <coughs>
1: Well, since I got into the church and start listening and trying to understand things, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of just listening and not paying attention, but it just, it's a lot more personal than it used to be, you know, and I'm still learning all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more at peace with myself about the PTSD.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh. Certain times of the year, it really flares up real bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Memorial Day, 4th of July, and August and September, when he's up in the mountains fighting. And it really comes on real hard sometimes. Sometimes it comes on hard when I'm in church. I mean, it would hit me hard, and I don't know. I still don't know why. What it does causes that. that? Yeah. Yeah. Certain songs, boy, really trigger it, boy. Yeah. Is, and the main thing I... As older I get and more into the religion, I, it's just a wonder I come out of Vietnam alive. It is. And I came out by the grace of God. I come out with my dog tags and this necklace around my neck. That's all I, I didn't get nothing else back. <clears throat> and it's, the NAM has plagued me. Um, there's not a day go by, I don't think about the NAM.
0: Yeah one of the one of the things that I know we've talked about before and this is part of what what I've noticed and admire so much about you is over the last few years is I feel like your relationship with God has grown closer in those moments when you're struggling to deal with all of that I've seen you not try to do it all on your own anymore like you you lean into God and talk to him about it I've seen you talk to other people about it and I feel like you know, you said by the grace of God. Well, you are standing here like all of us by the grace of God, but I feel like experiencing that grace has freed you up a little bit to be able to navigate through this and know you're not alone going through it. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, really. And um, uh, about me talking to other people, but uh, I got to give a big shout out to Stuart. Now, Stuart, mm-hmm. he really understood the PTSD and everything.
0: Yep. Stuart was a guy you met at church.
1: Yeah, just that clear blue sky. Yeah. I, the minute I met Stuart, I said, I need to talk to this guy. He's all right. Mm-hmm. And he, he's one of my best friends. That's why I went to Africa. He says, If you want to get, he said, I explained PTSD to Stuart, and he says, You got to give back something. I said, "What?" Well, that's easy. You say, What do you do? He says, Well, I go to Africa. On mission trips? Yeah, on a mission trip. I yeah. said, All right, I'll go to Africa. He says, Really? I said, yeah, well, we (laughs) got (laughs) one. And you did. Yeah, we went. Went for a couple weeks. That helped me a bunch, boy. That helped me clear up when I went back and see a third world country, just as bad as Vietnam was. And uh, how them people, makes you appreciate being American and and just thinking, you know, your lucky stars, how you turn out.
0: And Stuart was right. Giving back and focusing on somebody else, this is counterintuitive, but this is what you figured out. Giving back and focusing on serving somebody else, even when you're struggling, it takes the focus off of you and it helps you to get healthier. Oh, yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. That's the power of it. Well, you've, it's been a joy to know you, and we're so thrilled you're a part of our church. Most of all, we're so excited about what we've seen God do in your life over the last few years. Your baptism video, and if you all haven't seen it, you you got to gotta go find it online. Your baptism video is one of the all-time favorites of mine. <laughs> um, this guy got a standing ovation when we baptized you because you touched a lot of people and continue to. Uh, last question I've got for you is for somebody out there watching this who's where you've been. Um, it may be with the military background and processing through a lot of ptsd it may be trying to figure out how to come back and experience god and know god in a way that's personal just what would you say to somebody who came to you and said eddie you're, i get part of your story that's me how what should i do what would you tell them <clears throat>
1: That was, that's sort of like the last question, is sort of the hardest one to answer. Mm-hmm. But uh, listen to somebody, see what they got to say. And you know, everybody goes through tough times, you know, regardless of who you are. But, uh, you know, tell them to open up, you know, and pray. I mean, I didn't pray for long. Oh, I'd pray sometimes, you know, I really. When you need, yeah, you know, when you need something, yeah. I, but you know, I always thought, you know, I'd do it on my own, you just, Give me the ability to do it, yep. you know. Give me the strength to pull out what I need to do. Yep. And uh, now I, I pray daily now. I learned how to pray. I didn't know how to pray at first, yeah. that's another thing Stuart taught me. is how you to know, pray. How to pray.
0: And and I, is it true what you've discovered in letting go a little bit of that independence and depending on God more, that dependence has actually made you stronger, not weaker, hasn't
1: it? Yeah, but it's just sort of hard to hard to, to, to give it up. It yeah. is. There <laughs> you go. Yes, yeah. it is. But it and depend on somebody trouble. else. I've yep. always been so dependent, yep. independent on my own and do things. You know, I get her done one way or the other. Yep. So.
0: But now you find yourself talking to God every day about stuff.
1: I try to. Yeah. I mean. And there's still a lot of things I don't understand about. Sure. You know, walking with God through the day because I don't feel that yet. Because usually i got too many things going on, you know I mean? Yeah, that's right. get busy get busy and you don't think about it
0: but you're growing and you're learning and I listen I just want to thank you for taking the time to share your story and again thank you for your service we're all celebrating July 4th today and our freedom and we're getting to celebrate it because of guys like you we recognize that you're the best bud I appreciate you thanks for what you're doing all right
1: well I enjoyed being here Hey, if you'd like more content like this,
0: subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey Calway app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church, be sure to visit JourneyCalway.com. That's JourneyCalway.com. Thanks for listening.